Gartner says the mass availability of generative AI or Gen AI has become a top concern for enterprise risk executives. This was in the second quarter of 2023. It also mentioned that by uh, that as much as 66% of senior uh, risk executives, just one point behind third-party liability and ahead of financial planning uncertainty. Now, Ransu, a research director in the Gartner Risk and Audit Practice, says this percentage reflects both the rapid growth of public awareness and the usage of generative AI tools, as well as the breadth of potential use cases and therefore potential risk as well that these tools engender. Now, since Gen AI is going mainstream is now inevitable, or Gen AI going mainstream is now inevitable, perhaps risk managers can use the same very same technology to mitigate the risks that come with the technology. Ram Ramamurthy, Director of Research at Manage Engine, joins us today on Podchats for Future CISO to help us better understand our options when it comes to managing risk as it relates to the use of Gen AI. Ram, welcome to Podchats for Future CISO. Thank you, Alan. Thank you for having me here. How is Gen AI enabling more phishing scams and maliciously fakes in the enterprise? Given generative AI's capability, it is very easy to generate a lot of deep fakes, videos and forget videos, just emails where uh, it could sound very legitimate because generally your even AI engines that used to identify these phishing emails have a specific set of patterns. I mean, they use multiple font colors. The email has probably some grammatical mistakes. There is some HTML added inline. But now with generative AI, it's very easy to write a very professionally generated email. That will be a challenge. But let's say other variables like the quality of the domain from which the email was sent. Uh, has it been, is it rate, rated in Alexa's top 100 or top 500? domains is an easy catch. So AI systems today from a defense perspective can identify all the metadata, but now the email that has been generated will be very professional. The same way we're seeing a lot of cases where, I mean, not just politicians, but individuals per se uh, would be saying things which they wouldn't normally say because that is the power of generative AI capabilities and it has enabled a lot of malicious actors to use them as well. So how do you counteract this? The best weapon in our hand today will be AI because identifying uh, legitimate videos, identifying deep fakes, there are a lot of papers that can talk about it. And then watermarking the content that is typically generated is also a way just by taking a photo of, uh, let's say, a sensitive email and then leaking out, you are able to find out who the person actually leaked the email my list. So the same way every digital content generated will have a strong watermark, uh, something like an invisible QR code that can help you verify the authenticity, that can help you verify the source. I think that will be the good way forward with AI helping contract these generative AI initiated attacks. Can you briefly describe how is generative AI is being used to attack organizations? Generative AI has taken the world by storm, especially some, somewhere around November 2022. We started looking at models like DALI, where given a prompt, they were able to generate images. And then around December, we had uh, ChatGPT making huge ripples. And in fact, some even went overboard and uh, claimed it to be the first step towards the path of AGI. These are interesting times. I mean, uh, given 
AI's past. AI has gone through multiple summers and winters, and now we are at the peak of an AI summer. Uh, in fact, there are a lot of worries. A lot of people ask, is AI going to take over our jobs? People have begun using generative AI in their day-to-day lives. In fact, a lot of job applications that I see, I'm sure the person would not have written such statements. All of it were probably written by some generative AI engine. Now, that said, the more powerful it is, of course, the more security and privacy risks that also come with using generative AI in the organization. We have read news articles about how particular company employees actually let their code leaked into a particular uh, large language model. We are hearing stories inadvertently. People are leaking data into such models. At the same time, this can be a tool that can be weaponized. For example, attackers who were uh, traditionally writing phishing emails are now able to write them very professionally. And phishing detection systems, which are uh, based on a few parameters, are failing because the content is so natural. The content that the generative AI writes is so professional, so natural. It's it's really difficult to distinguish even for the more seasoned, more careful, more security and privacy aware folks to distinguish between an email generated and a legit email, a non-phishing email. The challenge is how do we mitigate this? So the first step is to always be, you know, raise an awareness that that's what security and privacy teams do. Continuously raising awareness of employees, especially in a corporate setup, because today a lot of business secrets can uh, get leaked into these information. Can it be a blanket ban on these generative AI tools in an organization? No, that is crazy. That would hinder the actual development. It's like 15, 20 years back asking employees to not use Google at work. So that wouldn't work. But the advent of things like deepfakes, the places where people are generating not just textual content, but but also images, videos, videos of, I mean, forget political leaders, videos of individuals who wouldn't say things that they wouldn't say on the internet can become very viral. So how do we go about this one way to counter all of these is to deploy AI as well, because your traditional security parameters might not be really able to distinguish a phished email versus a valid email, especially when they are using generative AI to generate these emails. So there are technologies like watermarking. Uh, For example, let's say there's a video of me talking and then you can, there is an invisible watermark, more like a QR code where you can go and see if that is a legit video, is the fingerprint, is my fingerprint there? And things like continuous user and entity authentication, where, uh, you know, you keep adding information about the user just to ensure it came from the original user and not just from random sources. So the best way to fight against this is by using AI tools at your disposal. There are a lot of tools. That's the good news. There are a lot of tools that can help mitigate the threats. But the first step is always going to be awareness of your business users, awareness so that they don't let your business's secrets into some random third-party large language model. And using AI to fortify your security stance to properly mitigate, to avoid inadvertently leaking confidential information into generative AI. That would be the way forward. Part of the allure of generative AI is the promise that nearly anybody, any user within an organization, as long as, of course, the CIO, CISO, and whoever it is in compliance side, allow for the mass use of this technology within the organization. Anybody can use it. That means that it is, in a way, encouraging also the proliferation of shadow IT. I mean, if I'm in accounting and I decide, hey, I, I understand enough of generative AI, maybe I can start using it to, I don't know, help me simplify how I 
process month and closing of the books. How does that help the IT and the CISO better manage the risks that are associated with a larger percentage of the organization starting to use generative AI simply because as an organization, the company said, yeah, we're going to democratize AI. What's the approach that the CIO and CISOs need to put in place in order to better manage the proliferation of uncontrolled use of Gen AI and other technologies similar to it? Great question, Alan. I think, uh, like you rightly pointed out, it's all about democratization. I mean, you cannot really go and say, don't use generative AI at the workplace. That is that is going to hinder a lot of your organization's uh, prospectives. What would be a good CISO strategy to mitigate this? The first one is, of course, user education and awareness. Have clear indicators that your data is leaving the organization, is leaving the system. Are you sure you want to continue? But that will become something like a GDPR cookie prompt. I mean, we are using cookies. We all have the muscle memory to go click, I agree. It has to be a visible differentiation where your data is leaving the ecosystem and are you sure you want to allow it so that would be a first place to start and the second place would be to vet if there are any PII any personally identifiable information that are leaving your organization's ecosystem into the generative engine that would be a good guardrail just to ensure no email ID let's say you have your customer uh, support ticket coming in and then it has a lot of sensitive information now I am trying to share that with an external generative AI and and uh, that might cause problems. So the long-term approach would be identifying the right enterprise-ready large language models. It would be crazy if you're going ahead with the consumer LLM in the long run. Have an LLM that has an enterprise plan where they don't use your data for training the model. They don't use your data for collecting feedback and making the model better because a lot of it is sensitive information. Get into a contract with them. And then, for example, Microsoft's OpenAI has an enterprise plan where you're paid per token and they promise not to use your data to better the model versus some free LLM that is hosted elsewhere where you know it's open source that is meant for the consumer. We have seen this in the past. We have in fact in Manage Engine we have built our editors are powered with AI powered grammar error correction detection and AI powered translation because a lot of times we see our customers using grammar and translation tools meant for the consumer in the enterprise context. So the enterprise data leaves the ecosystem and you don't know what the privacy policy of the grammar and translation tool that is built for the consumer. The same thing applies to generative AI as well. And in the medium to long term, it is important to integrate or deploy your own LLMs that is very context oriented, that is not general purpose. I mean, you don't need a general purpose LLM in an enterprise to ask what should I do when it is raining or any other random generic questions, but all of it is around your business process. So having medium to large language models that are either self-hosted or that are custom tuned for your kind of use case would be the long-term solution. But the challenges associated with it today, there's not a lot of clarity on fine-tuning these LLMs for specific use cases. Even if there is quality, it needs one, expensive talent, and two, the amount of compute infrastructure needed is crazy. And then there is at least a one-year waiting period for GPUs as we speak in August 2023. So once the dust settles down, hopefully in the next one year, a lot of these should be possible. And it is important to have these LLMs tightly coupled with the tools that you use, whose privacy policy that you are aware of. That would be the long-term win, Alan.
If I step into the role of the CISO, for example, how or who should the CISO engage with within the organization to better understand the risks of Gen AI and also, as you indicated, to better educate or engage the other stakeholders within the organization to take advantage of the technology, both for productivity purposes, as well as to ensure that they do abide and protect the, the enterprise against possible potential attacks from outside. So first is identifying the niches that would be benefited when they use generative AI in their work. Find some high priority, medium priority, low priority areas where using generative AI will clearly make a difference. For example, something like customer support where, I mean, you want to tone down your messages. You want to get a summary of an issue that is going on. That is clearly high priority. And something like a medium priority would be for an internal purpose. You are trying to document something and you want to get a summary out of it. And then there could be some low priority items as well. Clearly demarking these use cases with priority and then looking at the risk associated with it for example like i said in customer support it involves a lot of sensitive customer information now that's also a high so draw a matrix high priority high risk high priority low risk high priority medium risk so it's a good idea to start with high priority low risk so that the organization the cisos and the decision makers they get a hang of it they get an idea of how these llms work i mean you might have a valid use case but then the llms are no good in trying to help you solve with that so a trial and error a controlled experimentational approach where you slowly roll out the use of generative AI tools into your business process. So it's not just some random things. It's about getting it into your business process and identifying low risk and high impact areas would be the first place I would recommend to start with. And the second place, like I said, is identifying the right vendor, identifying the right LLM that is specifically tuned to your workloads. It need not be a large language model per se. It can be a medium model too. But you don't want to have everything under the sun. You want only the specific use cases that you are trying to achieve. So the first thing is summarizing what I said, sit with the leaders in the organization, identify uh, high impact, high priority, medium priority, low priority areas, put a risk matrix to it and take the high priority, low risk items first, get a feel of it, do a trial run and then slowly get it into production. What does an updated security framework that incorporates the potential benefits and risk of AI look like? So I would say a lot of security practices have traditionally been very based on statistical thresholds and uh, it is easy for attackers to fly under these uh, static thresholds. So the idea is with AI coming in, things can become very elastic. For example, let's say you have an alert that says 10 fail logins per minute, then throw me an alert. The 10 fail logins per minute might be normal on a Monday morning, 9 a.m. versus if it is happening on a Saturday morning, 3 a.m., then somebody is trying to brute force into your system. So AI can come in and set a lot of these elastic thresholds depending on your organization, depending on the way your users work. So continuous user and entity behavior analysis is being made possible by AI and setting up individual thresholds, which might not be possible in a non-AI setup is becoming quite the usage of AI in today's security pipelines. And also a lot of these security alerts, security logs can cause a lot of alert fatigue to the people who are directly looking into it. Now with the power of generative AI, you might be able to get a summary of an incident. Oh, what happened? Basically, the first thing is there is an incident timeline. And even before the incident happens with by using AI, you are able to see if there is some trouble brewing. Yes, there is some trouble brewing. There is a chance of an outage. There is a chance of a security incident. And what could be the potential root cause? That's because, I mean, you didn't patch your so-and-so software or what generative AI per se can bring a summarization of incidents and combination of external information to complement your internal infrastructure. So your internal infrastructure is secure 
private information. You don't want to expose that to the external world. But let's say the talk about a security patch or a security attack that is happening outside can be bought in by these LLMs and a combination of internal security posture versus external security threat database will be very powerful. And that is where I think AI can really step up your AI security game. We are still in the very early days of Gen AI as an enterprise technology. Can CISOs ever hope of creating and enforcing security frameworks that are able to adapt to whatever new threats come from, including the threats that arise as a result of the use of Gen AI? I think, you know, a lot of times with AI, I've had this question because the way AI works is you take a look at the past data, your model is being trained, your model is being trained on past data, and then uh, you deploy that model. And whenever the patterns in which the model was trained on comes again, your model would be able to alert. So this is very counterintuitive, right? I mean, security, the kind of attacks keeps evolving and you have rules to identify patterns from the past. So how does AI really fit? the gap. One thing that I see is AI is able to identify what is normal. Today, it is with the rules-based approach, you are only going to say what is abnormal. And if anything matches in the abnormal patterns, you throw me an alert. But with AI in the fray, it's going to be, I know this is normal, but all of a sudden this is deviating out of normal. So maybe this is a red flag. Again, in the initial days of deploying AI, there will be a lot of false positives. It's up to you. It's up to the organization to fine tune. But I'm sure in the longer run, your AI will be able to catch a lot more security uh, vulnerabilities than your traditional rules would be able to do. So the right way to do is having a right mix of traditional AI tools and also AI-powered security tools. So traditional security tools versus AI-powered security tools, have them run in tandem with each other. That way, there is no chance of any security vulnerability creeping into the system. And it's also important about educating the security team about the pros and cons of using an AI system. Like I said, there could be a large rate of false positives meaning false alarms and uh, there is a very small rate of you know you missing out an actual event but helping the security team understand how ai works because it's more of a change from a very deterministic system to a probabilistic system an ai engine can say there is a 70 percent chance of a security attack happening in the next three hours and how do you interpret that 70 percent how do you roll that into your everyday business process so oh there is a 70 percent chance then what should be the actions that you should immediately take now all of that will be documented. All of that has to be followed as a process. Like I said, this is a very pivotal change with AI coming in. So it's important for security leaders to stay on top and educate their teams, understand the pros and cons of the technology and see where it can help them. Are the current security tools, practices and frameworks able to adapt to AI? And if not, what needs to change as far as uh, maybe fine tuning this thing? What, what needs to change for organizations to be better adept at uh, handling any potential issues or threats that may come as a, a result of the use of Gen AI and similar technologies? I think uh, today's tools are ready to be, I mean, it's easy to evolve them. It's not a whole new thing. You just, uh, you know, add your AI flavor to the tool and, and that has become really easy because, I mean, generally to measure the impact of AI, the more digitized a field is, the faster AI enabled it can become. So that way, all of the data, all of your parameters, you have a way to collect all of them. It's all orchestrated. So it's easy to deploy. Let's put aside large language models for a while, but it's easy to deploy AI models 
very easy today the smaller models for example uh, at manage engine we have put our ransomware detection and malware detection engine in our endpoints i mean generally ai is considered to be restricted to the cloud but then we had to tone down the models and that was easy i mean it wasn't very difficult so putting these inference models to run on smaller endpoints remember just a small linux laptop with probably 4 gigs of ram or 2 gigs of ram and you should be able to infer in real time that a malware or a ransomware has entered into the system so today's security process is very extendable applying ai on it is very easy i mean it's it's not a it's not something where you have to rebuild things from scratch you can evolutionarily add ai into it coming to generative ai now this is where challenges could be because the kind of data compute that you would need to build these generative ai models is crazy right now and mm. uh, you are dependent on an external cloud it is going to be very difficult even to run an inference on a generative ai model so i would say by taking a level headed approach what you can decide is will you really need the power of a huge large language model or will you need the power of a narrow model that can solve specific use cases specific security attacks for example ransomware or malware it does one thing and it does that one thing really well but it can be deployed anywhere across your endpoint ecosystem the same thing in the servers as well i mean you cannot your servers are already fully occupied they are running up to maximum capacity because compute is expensive and then all of a sudden you want to add a huge model to complement the security of the system you will have to decide where to draw the line between narrow ai models and larger ai models by looking at the benefits that the larger ai model can bring it's a decision that is up to each individual organization's capacity but i would say you don't have to start from scratch you don't have to erase whatever you have done it's more of an evolutionary approach of whatever you have right now now ram given everything that you've said about what we may need to do what we can keep what we may need to amend or adapt in order to take advantage of the technology that's coming in we're coming into the end of the year and we're looking into 2024 what sort of trends can we expect as far as the evolution of ai as it relates to security Perfect, Alan. So one thing these generative AI models have brought into the table is zero-shot learning, where you know you don't have to give specific examples for the AI model to give out specific answers, but then it is trained on a wide variety of tasks. It's able to look at questions that it has not seen before and is able to understand the context and is able to give out an answer. So that is a huge value add or huge, you know, doing zero-shot learning at scale. The last few months have been the first time that this is happening. Now that is is a golden opportunity for the security domain. But now looking at it, the kind of compute that is needed for it, the kind of data, training data that is needed for it, the kind of, let's say, RLHF, reinforcement learning with human feedback, it's going to be very, very expensive, not in the limit of even the biggest of organizations. You need to sit on a ton of computing power and a ton of data to be able to do all of these. So it's not the real democratization of these large language models yet, at least in terms of security. So what can we do where does this go from here like i said we will have narrow models medium models smaller models that can solve one particular use case at a time that can do it really well i mean that's how ml models were there for example you had a sentiment analysis you will have a different sentiment analysis model for emails a different sentiment analysis model for social media posts and so on so the same way it's okay if you deploy a chain a combination of a lot of narrow models that can feed into each other and models that can observe what is normal 
instead of models that can observe what is abnormal could be a right start. And in the next two to three years, we will have more visibility on how do you easily train these large language models and the availability of compute. Today, people in the field would know it's crazy amount of wait time even to rent GPUs on the cloud. And it's crazy amount of money as well. So should every customer of yours be paying the GPU tax just because you want to train some fancy LLM and then put it into production? So it'll be interesting thing to watch. I'm sure there has not been a lot of advancements on the algorithm scheme of things. I mean, it has all been about adding more data and more compute in the, not just in the context of AI, generative AI and security, but the whole notion of generative AI has been Transformers came out in 2017. Take that, add more compute, add more data, keep adding infinite compute, keep adding infinite data and there you do RLHF, which is expensive, you have a model. So, but the algorithm still belongs to 2017. Six years is a long time in the tech industry. So maybe there will be a lot more research that is happening on the algorithm scheme of things where you will be able to do more with less. I'm strongly rooting for it because that is what will lower the entry barrier into these AI tools. Today, small and medium businesses cannot afford, they don't have the data, they don't have the compute to invest in a large language model. Just summarizing whatever I said, I am thinking over the years, we will see specific narrow models that are trained on limited amounts of data that can run with limited inference capabilities and chaining all of these narrow models will be a powerful security AI tool. And over the years, we will also see how to build these large language models at scale, at cost, so that the entry barrier to it is minimized. And the position of AI in security is inevitable. I mean, you cannot just wash out security from AI because attackers are getting stronger. Like we opened the podcast, we talked about deep fakes, we talked about generative AI, phishing scams and whatnot. So you have to be AI enabled, but what kind of AI, large or small or medium or a combination of these AI tools is when it will get very interesting. So I am watching that it will be a combination of narrow AI models, something that can be done at scale uh, by any organization of any size. That is where the future is. Ram, thank you for joining us on Podchats for Future CISO. Appreciate the opportunity, Alan. I really enjoyed the conversation. That was Ram Prakash Ramamurthy, Director of Research at Manage Engine, on the topic of incorporating enterprise-wide Gen AI strategies in 2023 and beyond. You are listening into Podchats for Future CISO. As always, if you have a topic you'd like us to cover on this channel, simply email us at editors at society.com. We also invite you to sign up for a free weekly newsletter so you won't miss an episode of Podchats for Future CISO. In the meantime, stay safe, have a great day, and see you on the next episode of Podchats for Future CISO. Bye for now.